Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. This Sunday, July 18th, is the fourth annual National Mortgage Brokers Day. Join us in spreading the message that brokers are better by celebrating at a happy hour near you, taking advantage of our exclusive Brokers Are Better network discounts, and showing off your Brokers Are Better t-shirts on social media. Head over to aimgroup.com to find out how you can celebrate being a broker this month. Welcome back, everyone, to another another great edition of the, the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am the president of AIM. Uh, today, I'm going to be interviewing someone who I've played golf with and kicked his uh, rear end. I'm just kidding, Casey. He's a nice player. Uh, but uh, I've known him for a few years ever, pretty much since the inception of AIM. I uh, got to know him. Uh, we've chatted on the phone. We've talked about different deals. So I'm really excited about this today because... I know what he's about, and uh, and I think everyone else is going to love what he's about. And many of you already know him. So today I'm going to be interviewing the broker owner of Finland Home Loans, Casey Finn. Casey, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, man, my <laughs> pleasure. No, this is this is going to be fun because, like I said, we have a we have a you know we'll call it a personal relationship here. I've been to Top Golf with you a few times, talked <laughs> to you on the phone a few times about some some lovely realtors in our area and whatnot, and uh, you know it's always it's always been good. So. Hey, tell tell everyone here a little bit about your background. Where did you, how did you get into this industry? I know you made some changes here recently, so so hit us all with it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a probably kind of a unique story. Um, I have been in a lot of different industries, um, you know, sales related, customer service related, since really I was sixteen. Um, you know, when I was sixteen, my first job was at Cherry Creek Golf Club as a wedding server. Um, and people always used to tell me, even at 16, that I had a lot of poise. I used to take care of the bride and groom, and I loved it. You know, I took a lot of pride in, like, in understanding, even as a 16-year-old, that that was important. Like, that was, that was their special day, and it was important for me to make sure that they had a good time. And that sort of attitude, you know, kind of continued to develop as I worked there, as I went through... Um, I went to Michigan State for hospitality business school. So um, because I really loved being associated with country clubs and being in that atmosphere, um, I didn't end up going through with that. I, I left Michigan State uh, because I just, you know, I couldn't sink my teeth into anything that I truly saw myself doing in the future. Um, I And that's kind of when I got into my brother-in-law owned a, a cell phone shop at the time. So I got into that. Uh, and that was a good mix for me. I've always been kind of a tech savvy person, um, jumping into retail sales and, um, kind of learning the ropes with that and transitioning sort of, you know, things I had learned in my youth, you know, to, to that aspect as well. and did pretty well there. I went from his company to work for a bigger company and I worked there for a few years. And then I ended up following, uh, it's sort of funny how, <laughs> you know, me and some of my friends that were in the in the retail environment at Verizon, we sort of all followed each other to like the next best sales gig. <laughs> so I ended up working for um, MSC Industrial Supply in telesales in Southfield and selling. I went from selling cell phones to selling cutting tools to machine shops over the phone. So, um, but I actually enjoyed that. Again, it's kind of mix of science and tech and sales, and um, ended up going from there to um, from a telesales position and moved to South Carolina 
to work in the field. Uh, they gave me the Boeing account. It was a big deal. Moved my family, my, just my wife at the time, across the country uh, to Charleston. But it was a chance to kind of do something new uh, and exciting. And you know, who knows? You know, we, me and my wife, always kind of laugh because we sort of thrive in chaos. So we just kind of like to do. <laughs> we kind of just do what comes. You know, we're kind of impulsive. We just kind of do what what we think sounds good at the time and. We just kind of went, we just kind of go for things. So, um, yeah, I moved to South Carolina, was driving around doing that for a while. And you quickly realize that working in like a corporate, that corporate environment, that it becomes about, and even on their like mission statement, it's about the, taking care of their shareholders. And when you're in this environment where the shareholders come before the client relationships, you start to like realize that quickly. And a lot of the things that I was doing just became about checking the box. You know, it went so far as to say they were like incorporating, they built out their own plat uh, platform on Salesforce. Uh, and they were essentially like telling us what to say with every sales call that we made on, on a client. It just, it started to feel so routine. And, and then you get calls from your bosses. Why didn't you check this box? Why didn't you check this box? You're supposed to talk about, uh, you're supposed to talk about fasteners today. Like, you know, you did you talk about fasteners? What was your kind? You know, it's like, no, he asked about gloves when we talked about safety. You know, it's like, I don't know. And so I, I started to give my bosses a lot of pushback and started to get into some trouble and they were about to fire me. So I quit. <laughs> um, you know, love the honesty. <laughs> even, even when they brought me on board, they said they hired me because I was cocky. <laughs> um, the, the when I before I took my promotion into the field, that's basically why he hired me because I was because I kind of had an edge and, um, you know, and that edge was just that feeling that I knew how to build better relationships than than most people. Uh, you know, I genuinely cared about getting to know my clients. I genuinely cared about their well-being, their business's well-being, and you know, that came before really anything else. Uh, so my wife at the time, she just happened to fall into a mortgage processing position at a broker in South Carolina. And she had been there basically since the time that we moved there and was like, why don't you get your mortgage license? I, would, I remember specifically sitting on the side of a road. I had a customer that was basically a golf course and I would go into like their maintenance shop and, you know, sell them tools, whatever they needed. Um, and I was sitting outside on the road in my car and I was just like talking. I just called my wife because I was like miserable. And I just, you know, it just felt, I was just bored with it. And it just, you know, it felt dead to me. So I, honestly, when she said it, it resonated because it, that was like sort of the perfect combination of I can get out, from, get away from this, you know, just selling you know, retail style selling, where it's just, you're trying to sell items, you're pitching sales, you're trying to push certain product and things like that. Uh, and, and truly do something where I could be an advisor and actually make an impact in people's lives. And, um, so yeah, I basically read some books, studied up for a few months, um, passed my test in the first try, uh, passed the national test in the first try at the time, this was 2017. Yeah. So, at the time, South Carolina required a state test, 
which was like twice as hard as the national exam. <laughs> and I, I failed that. that twice. It didn't pass my third time. I had to drive from Myrtle Beach, where we were living at the time, to Charleston, like just a two-hour drive each time. And then we moved away from South Carolina. So, <laughs> so that worked out well. So, yeah, so we ended up having our first, uh, our youngest, or our oldest son, um, Lincoln, at uh, the end of 2016. And then that was kind of around the time where I was transitioning and, and working on getting my license. So after I ended up getting my license, we decided to sell our house and move back to Michigan um, to start my own start my own brokerage, really. So, you know, I had reached out to some contacts in Michigan. I had interviewed with some people in South Carolina. And, you know, it was like I knowing what I'm capable of personally and then you have people that are like, yeah, we don't really have time for a new guy or we don't really, you know, so it's like, no one would give me a chance. And of course, like Quicken wanted to hire me, you know, they were, they were <laughs> chomping at the bit. Um, but they were like, yeah, you, you start off, uh, for your first six months working eight to eight thirty. uh, you park in a garage, uh, two miles away and have to shuttle. And I'm just like, I have a new son. Like, there's no way that I want that quality of life. Um, and uh, like I said, I even in, like I interviewed with some some smaller shops, and and no one was really re willing to give me an opportunity as someone new to the industry. So I just uh, luckily my wife was a processor at the time, so she knew how to get a loan from A to Z, you know. So I just kind of uh, you know we just kind of went for it, started my own uh, started our own brokerage, and. Uh, my first loan that I closed was as a broker owner because <laughs> I actually didn't even close a loan when I was in South Carolina. I sort of learned the ropes a little bit. Um, but so uh, the, the first, the first loan you ever closed was when you were the owner of the company. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And That's after a while, I, I had never met anybody that was kind of in the same scenario, but I think uh, Tristan, Tristan Purcell mentioned that he has a similar, a similar story. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing him at Fuse and, and having a beer about that. <laughs> so now so now you're in michigan you start your own company how long how long has that company been around so officially licensed in july of 2017. gotcha gotcha so, and i know i see i see a lot of your stuff around so i know you're you're doing pretty well here and i think a lot of that it probably has to deal with the next topic we're going to go into and i i love this because I, I always feel like we have the ability to have the or, you know we have the same resources we have the same technology or have the ability to get it we have the same lenders. We all do, you know, so now it's going to be what differentiates you, you know, your philosophy. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is your sales philosophy. So tell me what is your overall sales philosophy? Um, it's definitely a kind of a hodgepodge of, of different things that I've picked up over the years. Um, I, I love, you know, I'm a sponge. Like I love learning different things from different books, from different people. Uh, you know, the broker community has, you know, been absolutely phenomenal. And that's uh, a huge attribution to, you know, where I'm at today, just being able to see how these people approach different topics and learn from the most successful, uh, you know, people in the industry. And, um, which is just, it's just such an amazing value of just being part of this community, um, to have like access to people like, you know, Todd Bitter and Skylar Welch and Brennan McKay, these just juggernauts who are just killing it out there. And they're just like, um, oh yeah, you need 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's set some time aside and then I'll talk to you about what I'm doing. I mean, like that's, 
anyways um <laughs> that's i mean i i've said it before if you've listened to these podcasts that's my favorite thing about this whole association is the community itself and how we're willing to give each other a helping hand whether you're a mile down the road or you know a thousand miles across the country yeah absolutely absolutely um i feel like my camera just oh there we go okay i feel like my i, I was moving around too much my autofocus couldn't keep track of that. <laughs> no uh, no no worries you still look great <laughs> Yeah, I am. I am half Italian, so like I still move around a lot when I talk. It's hard for me to sit still and like, <laughs> like, hey, all right. Um, all right. So give me, so give me one of your philosophies. If you have a hodgepodge of them, give, give me I would one say it's the biggest, the most life-altering thing was the Golden Circle from Simon Sinek. Um, back, I mean, gosh, I was probably twenty or twenty-one when I learned that, and I immediately started teaching it to the staff there at Verizon. And uh, I know, I know um, Renee Rodriguez talks about this at Amplify as well. Uh, I, I haven't been to an Amplify yet, but I've seen it on his whiteboards and his video. So I know for a fact that he does. <laughs> well, explain, <laughs> um, it to us, I'm, explain it to us. Just, 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 a yeah. bit, I don't know. Well, what absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so start with why it is basically um, understanding what you do and then how, how you portray that to consumers. So, the golden circle essentially is the outer circle is what the middle circle is how and the inner circle is why and basically he explains it as most companies they sell from outside in which is they know what they sell they know how they do it and then in some back-end portion on a mission statement they know why they're doing what they're doing you know he's his big comparison is from dell to apple so you know, because Dell, they're always just selling their technology. You know, Dell is a computer company. They make computers. That's what they do. And that's when you talk about Dell, like that's okay. Dell makes computers. That's what they do. And so they're always just throwing their computers at you. You don't really, you know, nobody really identifies, oh, I'm a Dell person. You know, like nobody like identifies with that because that doesn't mean anything. You know, when you talk about Apple, from the other hand, like, Think about Apple's marketing with the music, with the people having a good time, with the certain types of people in their, in their, you know, commercials. It's, you know, people identify as an Apple person because of the culture that they, that they put out because they sell, they start with why they start with who they are as a company. And they don't just say like, oh yeah, we make beautiful computers. It's no, it's, this is the culture that we've created. Oh, and also we make beautiful computers and this is how we, you know, this is how we do things. So it's, it's putting that, that culture part first and, and coming, selling from a place of, of why, why you do what you do versus just, I'm a mortgage broker. I sell, you know, mortgage products. I have very low rates. I, you know, do everything from FHA to, you know, so it's, it's not that it's, you know, Hey, you know, my, like my slogan, my, that I just kind of coined for my company is, you know, no pitch, no pressure, just dollars and cents, S-E-N-S-E, not C-E-N-T-S. Um, you know, because that's just kind of where I come from. You know, it's has nothing to do with closing a deal. It has nothing to do with trying to get a client to commit. It has everything to do with making sure that person understands the investment, making sure, you know, that person knows that they're in good hands for their um, for the investment that they're making. And um, obviously, it's a stressful thing, and, and it's understanding that and taking a genuine interest in a major event in somebody's life when they're purchasing, you know, purchasing a home. So, um, 
So yeah, I think that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty darn good. Trust me. Yeah. You're, you're, you're good there. Hey, you said going deaf, so I'm, I'm trying here. <laughs> oh, I just hit my banner. Um, so no, no. Okay. So, so you have this philosophy here, which is great. I love it. I, I love the comparison to, you know, the Dell and, and Apple, cause it does make sense. Cause you hear people say, Oh, I'm an Apple person. You never hear anyone say I'm a Dell person or I'm a droid, you know, really, but okay. So you have this philosophy now. Now, how do you turn this into turning it into a potential lead into a client and then a referral? Um, well, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a good uh, good and bad story with that too. So I, I know we've talked about a certain realtor uh, in the area that uh, I absolutely had a terrible experience with, and that's because I sort of abandoned my, uh, you know, I was more of a novice in the business at the time, and I, and I sort of abandoned my my values and my philosophy uh, when I started doing some marketing uh, with her because, um, you know, I sort of felt like I, I wasn't too keen on, on how she did business and some of the things that she would say and things that she would do, I sort of, you know, just kind of laughed off and just kind of played off. And because she was such a high producer that I only saw the dollar signs at the end of it. And we ended up just having just a, a awful <laughs> falling out, like the harshest words you can imagine were exchanged. Um, not from my end, because um, I didn't really, you know, that's not the type of person I am, but uh, it was, you know, it really just blew up and it shook me for a good month or two to say like, you know, you know, man, like, what am I doing here? Like, I need to figure this out as far as how I need to build these relationships. And so for a while, I really didn't focus on, you know, getting, you know, very deep realtor relationships. Um, so I finally, you know, towards the end of that year, so this would have been the end of like 2019, I I finally sort of started trying to pick up a, a new relationship. And this time I was very much more culture focused. And I knew that I didn't want to work with anyone that I couldn't, I couldn't drive with, that I couldn't be friends with outside of just our business relationship. Because um, at that point, again, just like how I would work with my clients, like, the, the monetary value at the end of it doesn't matter if you don't like working with that person. Right. Right. And so I ended up connecting with, um, with somebody who has, um, you know, I think, I think we kind of both knew instantly that we just were going to get along really well, really well. We have very similar values and, uh, we've become like great friends over the past, you know, year and a half. Um, you know, we're still working together, you know, to this day. And, um, you know, I, uh, the other thing too is I really trust her. I, she's an she's an amazing realtor, and you know it's great because like every time you know we talk, we have a good call about once a week, and it's some of it's about business, but most of it is just about you know just shooting the shit and just kind of um, you know joking around, and you know, so I, I really love that that part of our relationship. And basically, you know, realtors that you know when I'm looking for a new realtor relationship in like a different area or something like that, that's the first thing I look for is like who do I really you know get along with. Who, do, who can I really see myself enjoying, you know, working with and someone that I want to just grow with and grow together? Yeah, no, I, I think <clears throat> I think that's a big thing when dealing with lenders, vendors, realtors, processors, other originators, you you just don't want processors. You just don't want realtors. You want realtor partners. And I think once yeah. you throw that partner word on the end of everything within reason that you do, your life becomes easier. 
right? You're not so <laughs> yeah. focused on the dollar and cents and you get to build relationships, you know? So I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't agree more with you on that one. I'm glad you, you know, you, you found someone that, that you can do that with. Sounds like a love story, yeah. but it's not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Almost, you know, it's funny you should say that because, uh, you know, I hadn't talked to her in probably about 10 days and I, I called her up uh, a few days ago and she was like, she was like, hey, stranger. And uh, I, she's like, I, you know what? I was going to send, she's like a little bit older. So, um, you know, it's not something that's like on the wife's radar <laughs> in terms of like, you know, how much time are you spending with this lady? Um, you know, but it's funny because she was like, I was going to send you like a heart and kisses saying like, hey, I miss you. But I didn't know like how that would, you know, if we were at that level or like how that would rub your wife the wrong way. And I just, we just like laughed about it. Cause I was like, no, you could have sent it. Like we get it. We're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have that kind of relationship. So it's, it's fun. That's um, awesome. but, so, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, you know, I, I, I have that, um, I'm kind of cutthroat that with anybody that I cutthroat in that way with anybody that I do business with nowadays, you know, if I pick up that inkling where it's just, they want to close a deal versus even finding out who I am and what I'm about, what my company is about. And just like, forget it, you know? Right. You know, and that's, it's funny. Cause you know, I used to, I used to actually take Quicken's calls, you know, a couple of years ago and I used to just talk to them about like, you guys don't even understand what brokers are about. You know, you keep telling me about all of your benefits, all your features and benefits, but you haven't asked me one question about my business. You haven't asked me one question about why I support AIM or why I believe in that, you know? And it's like, that's like that perfect example of, of, you know, them just trying to drive business versus actually caring, you know? Um, and that goes against what I stand for. So. No, absolutely. Relationships is the, is the key to this entire business. I'm a firm believer in that. So, all right. So you have, you have a few realtors. Uh, I know one that you, you work deeply with, but where, where do any of other of your referrals come from? Um, it's pretty, it's a hundred percent realtors and, um, and client referrals. I get a lot of, you know, just because of the way I engage with people, I get a lot of organic, you know, just return business. Um, I, I don't have to work that hard to, uh, to keep up with people, which is nice. Um, and, and so that's nice. people refer their, their family, their coworkers. So, um, you know, so that's a big part of it. Um, I'm a part of vetted VA as well. Uh, I didn't, you know, obviously join that for, uh, you know, leads. I mean, obviously that's part of, you know, just trying to help out veterans and, and donating some of our, some of our time. And yeah, we do get some leads back from that. Um, you know, so I have been getting more involved in the veteran community and, and getting some referrals that way as well, which has been great. So. Okay. So yeah, so you're getting your referrals strictly from relationships, which I think yeah. is, is personally the way to do business. Um, mm -hmm. it's the best way to do business, especially with, with what we're dealing with with some of these mega lenders and stuff with that. So you're building trust with your clients. So how do you stay on top of this? Do you track them? Um, do you do something special for them? Because, you know, referrals is a, is a tricky thing. There's a science to it, but then there's also a feel for it. Yeah. I'm uh just like my golf game, uh, more of a feel person than a, you know, mechanical person. And I've looked at, you know, CRMs and, you know, I, I've tinkered with, with some of that, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I just kind of do it manually, uh, if that makes sense. Just kind yeah. of, you know, I have a spreadsheet. I know, um, you know, just kind of going back through, you know, going back through my list. And um, I was working with a coach actually for a little while, and he um, basically developed a, a kind of a method of when you, you know, you have your pipeline of deals, and then 
every time you close a deal, you put a, uh, you just change the year on the deal and then it kicks it back to the bottom. So, you know, basically a year later, you're coming up on all these people that you closed a year ago and you have a chance to kind of review, reach out, um, you know, send a birthday card. You know, I try to send thank you cards and send little notes and, you know, do things for people that, uh, you know, just had a baby or had, you know, a new life event. Um, you know, I'm Facebook friends with a lot of, um, a lot of people, um, you know, that I worked with. So, um, and a lot of them know that they can just text me too. So, you know, I get, I get texts all the time from clients where it's just, you know, um, and that, that's how I, I know I, I'm doing something right because, you know, it, I, I don't get like, you know, cold business emails from past clients. It's, Hey, Casey, what are you doing? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I need to do this. What do, you, what do you think about this? Should I refi? Should I do this? You know, what do you, you know, so, um, so. Those, no, those are, those are the best way to do it. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. I do have probably a little bit more <laughs> method on, on mine. It sounds like yeah. maybe, and I can say that to you because I've known you for a while. But at the same time, no, I mean you you do have to have some sort of balance between like you know the transaction itself and then creating relationships. So how how do you figure that out? I mean, do you spend half your day on you know your transactions, like your actual pipeline, or do you spend? I and mean, you got to have some sort of method there, don't you? Uh a little bit yeah like i said i'm very like kind of organic person and a lot of the stuff i'm still you know i'm still sort of figuring out because for a while i was sort of building a business around myself but i actually just took on my first lo and i've you know been mentoring him for uh, he just got licensed just about, about a month ago so have been um you know have been mentoring him um so i do plan to add more of those tools in um you know, to incorporate into the business as far as keeping in touch and, and tracking people. Uh, but for now, it's just pretty much working off of uh, a spreadsheet and kind of just on a day to day basis, just reviewing, um, you know, who's kind of coming up on a refi, reviewing their, you know, their closing disclosure, things like that, or maybe just maybe just reaching out and sending out a few emails and saying, you know, hey, what's going on? What's going on in your life? How are things going? Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so nothing automated right now, uh, which I know sounds sounds crazy, but also, you know, my, my volume is not, is not crazy either. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of, um, distractions, I would say in the past uh, year. So I, I sort of, um, I sort of been chilling, I guess, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people have just been oh, pedal to the metal, make your money, you know, uh, which I very, I make a, you know, comfortable, a comfortable living, but you know, I, uh, I also don't, um, you know, work 12 hours a day uh, because with COVID and with the fact that after we moved across the country, I had to develop, you know, basically some business so I could apply for a, you know, self-employed uh, mortgage, uh, which finally we were able to do and our, our house will be, uh, you know, done building in the next uh, couple of months here. Uh, and then we had a second kid, uh, you know, a few months ago. So, um, you know, like Gary, Gary yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's I kind of take Gary V's advice there where he says, uh, you know, it's OK to take your foot off the gas, you know, at some points in your life and, and make sure you have balance. But um, when it's time to go, it's time to go. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I've been kind of enjoying life a little bit and just, uh, you know, trying to save money. And then, uh, you know, as I as I grow my team and continue to kind of develop things and continue to, you know, I want to. I want to try to mentor like three people this year. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think that that's where it's kind of getting to get to that, 
you know, where next year I'm going to add an LOA, start adding more systems in and start building it out. Cause I want, I want them to have, you know, I want my staff to have those tools and to have, you know, those things to succeed. And, uh, the other, the other thing that's nice too, that, that helps make us more memorable is my wife has her own processing company. Uh, so she processes my loans for me and that also helps with kind of that client relationship of like, oh, that's cool. Like your wife, you know, you work with your wife and, you know, she she helps you out on your loans and stuff like that. So that's another, I think, draw for, for clients and, you know, why they enjoy working with us. So that's huge right there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a big sell right there for, for retention purposes and for relationship purposes, just, Hey, you got a husband and wife here and they're, they're working their, their tails off to, to get you your dream home. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. All right. So you're a big relationship guy, philosophy guy. I love all this stuff. Everything you've said is, is, is pretty good. You know, I, I got to uh, I got to do a little bit more reading on that um, stuff. But at the same time, so you create the, these relationships with clients. Right. And which is absolutely fine. But then what happens now if they don't trust you? Something goes sideways with what you didn't say. How do you ease their tension? What's your how do you how do you go about handling that? Like if there's a problem with an alone yeah. or something like that. Yeah, uh, I think that just goes back to having having poise, having patience. I think a lot of the things I've gone through have um, have kind of hardened me mentally a little bit. <laughs> I guess if that I don't know if that's really the right word to say, um, but like I, I'm a rock. Like I don't get phased at all, uh, and I don't really put a lot of emotion into business, really, um, which. It's kind of contradictory, I guess, because obviously you want to build relationships. Um, and so I'm not a cold person per se when I'm like talking to people, but at the same time, I am very like calculated when I listen to them and understand, you know, what the goals are. And so that all begins with setting the right expectations. So the more you listen to people and understand where they're coming from, what their concerns are, what stresses them out, you know, is it a person that's very meticulous about the numbers or is it someone who's like, Casey, you're the man, you got it. I trust you. You know, they sign everything without looking, you know? Um, so setting the right expectations and, and reacting, um, in the right way to make sure like that those people are content in how they think is like a big, is a big part of it. So if something happens where, uh, you know, maybe taxes weren't calculated right. And when they add prorations or when they add the summer cushion or something like that, maybe it, you know, amps up their closing costs. Um, you know, for the first year, I would say I was terrible at calculating taxes. <laughs> so that's something I, I ran into a fair amount. Um, but like, again, it's, it's, one of the things I, I always do if something comes up is obviously I'm always the first to know, you know, the client doesn't know until I tell them. Um, so having a solution prepared before you talk to those people and, and also having backup plans when you go into it in the first place, um, again, to make sure their expectations are set, um, is, is huge. So it's very, it's not as hard to make those, to make those tough calls and to say like, Hey, listen, this is what your closing costs are now, or this is what the problem is, but Hey, this is how we're going to solve it. We're going to do this. I'm going to work the numbers, you know, and of course, not everyone's, not everything goes perfectly. It's obviously the mortgage industry. You know, you have some people that are, you know, probably, you know, they're happy, but may, you know, maybe not going to give you that five-star glowing review, but you know, it is what it is and you learn from it. And that's the most important thing is 
take it, take it to the next one and don't make the same mistake again, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you showed your worth right there. I always, I did a podcast, uh, I think it was season one. Oh, it had to have been season one. Uh, and one of the things JP and I, our old host talked about, which was, you know, once I know there's a problem or an issue, I make sure that I know why the answer and everything, make sure I have all the facts. And the first thing I do is I call them right away. I know some people and they'll wait till the next day, you know, that may be fine or they just keep putting it off as long as they can. And uh, the term came up of eat the frog. I think that's what it was. (laughs) JP knows better than I do because I had no idea what the hell he was talking about, but it's true. Just get it out. The the clients will appreciate it more. They don't want to feel taken advantage of just, just get it out there and just spread it. So no, that's perfect. Um, all right. So we're going to kind of wrap this up here with kind of how we finalize every single one of these, uh, every single one of these podcasts, which I've been loving doing. It's, it's been great. So you have the audience, let's just say you're at fuse. Cause I know you're going to be at fuse, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be at fuse. You have the audience for a couple minutes here. You want to give them some piece of advice, something to take away. What is it? What's the advice you want to give to the community? Um, hmm. Yeah, see, I already tossed out my golden circle of things. So that was, uh, I would just say like, honestly, life is short and enjoy it. You know, I, I think, I don't think brokers have too hard of a time with that, but I think a lot of people forget that, uh, you know, we, we have really amazing lives to be honest, like to be able to, um, you know, make the amount of money that we do and um you know have the freedom that we do to to travel to work from anywhere uh so i mean that's that's my thing you know i i (laughs) i always comment on the fact that every time i see or every time i meet you know someone who's 80 90 100 years old uh they always say the same thing and they're always like the nicest like happiest people you know they always are just so positive and just so happy to uh just happy to be alive and then i always uh, comment and like you know it's like it seems like those people like it's it's that happiness and that positivity that that gives them that that long life and and um so i always kind of keep that tucked in uh you know tucked in my back pocket i guess and that's something i always think about um just quick quick story i remember working at verizon one time and uh these this 90, 90, 95 year old couple was in, um, old little Polish couple. They're so sweet. And she's driving like a focus, like ZR five or whatever it was at the time, like this fast little Ford focus. And she's like, my bubbies, my bubbies wanted, you know, I wanted to get a Mustang, but my bubbies only let me have the Ford focus. Cause I like to go fast, you know, it's like this 95 year old lady. And I'm just, I think about that story all the time. And it's just like, man, like life is life is so short. Just enjoy it. And, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's it. So no, that's that's great. No, and then I I I will translate that for when you tell me that I'm gonna translate what's in my head, which is you're right, we're in a great industry. We have great lending and vending partners. We they make it easier for us all the time. What I think sometimes what a lot of this community does and and I think we're definitely getting better at it is we forget about the ninety five percent, ninety eight percent things that that went right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we're still focused. And and this is just kind of somewhat society in itself. We're so focused on that 2% that went wrong, you know, and I, I always sit back and, and look at it and go, wow, I, uh, my kid has a game at four o'clock. I can go, 
You know what I mean? Unless yeah. I'm doing a podcast with you, then I'll skip my kid's game. But uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with that. Just just kind of know what's going on. Enjoy it because we are in a great industry. Yeah, 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just like the little guy that's happy to be here. You know, it's like, I, uh, oh, something I wanted to mention um, is uh, when I first, I never get to tell this story, but I'm glad I have an opportunity to. Uh, when I first came into the mortgage industry, like one of the first groups I joined was Mortgage Loan Originator Network. Now people have feelings about that group. And I'm no longer in it. But one of the first people I ever interacted with on that group was Todd Bitter. And mm -hmm. I literally remember calling my wife over to the computer and going like, babe, look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's talking about like doing so many loans a year, like not wearing pants. I was like, this is, this is the guy, this is the guy right here that I want to be like, <laughs> And uh, you know, fast forward, like a few years later, you know, Todd and I are friends and we hang out at views and stuff. So it's, it's been cool. <laughs> That's awesome. No pants. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Well, Casey, Hey man, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. I know we're, we're all busy, you know, it's summertime, it's rates are still great. So I just want to thank you for your time today. And, and I really yeah, enjoyed your insights. Fun. Yeah, always appreciate it. All right. So um, brokers, if you want to get caught up in all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker broker. You can listen to all of the broker broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcasts, anywhere else where you can get podcasts. Uh, do me a favor, subscribe to it. Please rate it. Please leave a review. Help us get the podcast out there that spreads the word that brokers are better. In case you should have worn your brokers are better shirt. I know you're trying to look nice for me today, but yeah, I know. I, know. I always, I see, I always see you in it. It's because I care. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, once again, thanks for your time and everyone will see you on the next episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Guarantee Home Mortgage, a true partner that every broker should have in their tool belt with knowledgeable, responsive AEs who can create real value for your company to an operations team focused on delivering your purchase loan documents ahead of the closing date and so much more. Guarantee Home Mortgage looks forward to establishing a long-term partnership and showing brokers how they are opening doors to home ownership. So if you want to get connected today, email us at partnerships at aimgroup.com. 